Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week three, day two of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah 8, 1 through 10. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. With that, let's uh, go ahead and jump into God's word. I'll be reading from the NIV. This is Isaiah chapter 8, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to me, Take a large scroll and write on it with an ordinary pen, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. So I called in Uriah the priest and Zechariah son of Jeberechiah as reliable witnesses for me. Then I made love to the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. And the Lord said to me, Name him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. For before the boy knows how to say my father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by the king of Assyria. So let's pause right there. Every time we start a new chapter in Isaiah, we have to ask, is this a continuation of the previous chapter? Is this something new? Is this a contemporary prophecy? Like all, all those different questions. Is it for the future? Is it something else? And so here we have our context that we know that he's continuing to prophesy about uh, Damascus and uh, Samaria or the northern tribes of Israel. And he says that uh, I want you to write this name down. Okay, so so understand there's uh, what we just read in the first four verses. There's at least a year's worth of time going on here. Some, something like that, right? There's, there's a considerable amount of time, or at least nine months. And uh, the Lord tells to Isaiah, write this name down, write this phrase down, I guess, actually. And the phrase, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, which, by the way, that's always the name of my fantasy football team whenever I'm playing. Uh, This phrase, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, means uh, quick to the the spoil or quick to the plunder, which is, you know, what you're talking about when when you're invading a, a foreign nation and you win, you take all their stuff, right? And so that's what this name means, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And so uh, his wife gets pregnant, and then when the baby is born, he names the baby Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And then the prophecy is here, and, and the son, in a way, is kind of a sign um, because... Sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to make too much of this, but nobody, like, we all understand where babies come from and all that, but no one can reliably predict that you know your wife's going to get pregnant right now. Uh, that that's not a a thing that any person can do. I mean, it's obviously the the natural outcome of things, but you can't just perfectly predict that. And the prophecy here for this child is before the child can actually talk, before the child utters its first words, father, mother, right? Uh, Damascus and in Samaria, the two capitals of, of Aram and Israel, they're going to be, they're going to be gone. The king of Assyria is going to carry them off. And so that's the prophecy here. So we're, again, this is a continuation of the previous chapter, but some time has elapsed here. Like there is this prophetic storyline going on in Isaiah's actual life. And so this is a a pretty big deal that God is tying Isaiah's own family into this whole storyline and this prophecy. So this probably meant a lot to Isaiah. Verse 5, 
the Lord spoke to me again. Because this people has rejected the gently flowing waters of Shiloh and rejoices over Rezin and the sons of Ramalia, therefore the Lord is about to bring against them the mighty floodwaters of the Euphrates. The king of Assyria with all his pomp, it will overflow all its channels, run over all its banks and sweep on into Judah, swirling over it, passing through it and reaching up to the neck. Its outspread wings will cover the breadth of your land Emmanuel. So how interesting the the final phrase there is, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. <clears throat> Isaiah is saying the, the the prophecy here to the northern kingdom of Israel is um and, and we know Isaiah doesn't specifically mention this, but we know from the book of Kings, we know from Moses prophesying this essentially, is that when these nations, when they turn their back on God and they turn to idols and and just all of the wickedness and evil that comes with that, Lord promises he's going to carry them away. He's going to destroy them and have them carried away by a foreign nation. So that's what the northern tribes of Israel have been heading toward for a very long time. And it's like the final straw was that Samaria and the northern tribes of Israel, they decided they don't want to be in an alliance if there's four nations attacking either one of them. They don't want to be in a foreign alliance with or in an alliance with Judah anymore. They actually want to form an alliance with the four nation against Judah. And Isaiah is saying that's kind of the final straw here. Now it's going to be like you weren't happy within your borders that I gave you. You weren't happy with the gently flowing waters of the rivers that you have. You made alliances with four nations. So guess what? I'm going to send the nation that lives on the Euphrates River, Assyria. I'm going to send them over to you. If you just need other rivers, you just need other land, you just need outside help and not me. This is the Lord speaking. If you don't want me to help you, then guess what? I'll I'll let you experience what it's like being just one of these nations on your own because Jude, Judah and Israel, like they are there for a long time and we see nations like Aram, Assyria, Babylon, they come and go relatively quickly, even though the people groups and, and some form of the nations are there for a very long time, their power, their, their presence, they don't last very long. And that's kind of the story of nations throughout history is most nations don't actually last very long at all, not at least not in their form. I mean, a lot of times the peoples, they stay in the same place, but the, the dynasties, the kingdoms, the empires, they just, they don't last. It's very rare for them to last. And so God's saying, you don't want to trust in me. I'll let you be like every other nation. And then he, he's, he calls the land that they're about to lose Emmanuel, that God was with them. And now the implication is he's not with them anymore. Verse nine, raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. Anytime anything in scripture repeats itself that much, this, this idea of being shattered, we should take note. There's, there's something serious being said here. Verse 10, devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand for God is with us. Emmanuel. That's the word. It doesn't say that it doesn't say Emmanuel. It just says God is with us. But that's the phrase, Emmanuel, right? God is with us. God is with this land. God has rejected the nation of Israel, but God is going to be with Judah for now. 
God is always with his people, but in in the, the context of them keeping the land, he's going to be with them at this moment, but not forever. And so this is one specific prophecy. And this is where, you know, we really do have to be careful with these kinds of things because Isaiah is prophesying that God is going to be with, with Judah, is going to spare Judah from these, these nations that are attacking them. But that's not a, he's going to spare them from ever getting carried away. That's not what Isaiah is prophesying. So we have to be very careful how we understand and read and apply prophecies like this, because even though God, in the context of Judah not getting carried off, for God is with them, right? It's it's the compare and contrast. You're going to get carried away and Judah's not. That's the, the God is with us. But God is still with the northern tribes of Israel. He still loves them, uh, even though they're getting disciplined and things like that. The context here is that Judah is going to be preserved. Israel is not. But... Judah isn't preserved forever, and Isaiah is going to prophesy about that as well. So we have to always understand that that uh, a prophecy isn't uh, always necessarily a forever prophecy. This is for a distinct people in a distinct period of time, uh, and it, it has an expiration, as we're going to find out with Babylon, and, and Isaiah is going to prophesy about this. It's going to have an expiration, as does almost everything. <laughs> except for the love of God. His love has no expiration. But uh, our nations, our houses, everything that we have always has an expiration. We do well to remember where all of our supply actually comes from because there is one thing that has no expiration, and that's God and his love. And so when we remember that and keep that in mind, it can keep us rooted and grounded in the right place. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.